0: Good morning. Glad you're here to worship with us on Easter. We're celebrating the resurrection, which provides a specific kind of power to us as we set out to live our lives. Power is a very helpful thing. There are different kinds of power. Rocket power will get you to the moon. Um, Jet power allows us to fly to a destination much more quickly than it would be to drive or walk. Driving gives us the power to get there faster than we walk. Electrical power makes things much more convenient and comfortable. I, I realized that when I visited a city in Central Asia this winter that only had power and electricity every third or fourth day. Boy, it's, it's pretty helpful when it's freezing outside. It helps you stay warm or in the heat. It helps you stay cool. One time I went to a firepower demonstration I was visiting my brother-in-law. He was in the army. I, I think he was a captain at the time, captain of a, a tank company. And it was interesting. We, we got on these uh, bleachers, sat on these bleachers, and watched what we're able to do in a battle. They they pulled in tanks, they pulled out the guns, all the big guns. It was like raining bullets, and it was an awesome sight, this firepower demonstration to show to congressmen and senators and things what we what we are able to do to our enemies if we need to. Power does different things. Today we're talking about a different kind of power, a very different kind of power that we all need. It's it's a power, really, to get past ourselves, to love others, to be patient, not angry, to be self-disciplined. Without these qualities, relationships blow up, responsibilities get shelved, and we're not able to make the progress in life that we really want to. What we're going to find today is that a relationship with the risen Lord gives the strength we need to keep moving forward in life in luke twenty two Jesus wraps up a discussion of the upside down values in his kingdom with this prediction, and I've identified with this I've taken a lot of comfort in the experience of Simon Peter. We're going to look at his life and example today and what God did in his life through really his greatest failure. but Jesus is discussing how different the values in his kingdom are going to be it's It's a kingdom where The people who lead actually serve. They don't take their power and authority and pound people with it, but they serve. They love, they sacrifice, they lay down their life for the people around them. And then he turns to Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has has asked permission to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I have this passage memorized, because I found myself in this place where I needed to turn back many, many times in my life. It's amazing, though, this is another upside-down thing that God does. It's not our strength that he uses the most. In our lives and in the lives of the people around us, it's our failure and weakness that tempers our strength that he wants to use. So this morning, we're going to see what we can learn from Peter's failure, his testimony, and his confidence. First of all, his failure. I'd like to show you this passage in a scene from The Passion, the movie The Passion, um, rather than read it because this scene from the movie is exactly the scripture you see there on the outline if you're following along on the outline. Here's, here's a clip of, of Peter's lowest moment in his life. i Mahak going a I don't know about you, but I've found myself in that place over and over and over again. Lord, I didn't intend to say that and hurt the people around me. I didn't intend to let that ball drop and not take care of the responsibility, not do right before you. I've been there over and over and over again. So I can identify with Peter in my younger days. I used to think, oh, impulsive Peter, you know, shooting his mouth off. He said he'd follow Jesus anywhere, and then he didn't. I used to also sort of look that way at the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness demanding things from God. And then I realized in my maturity, that is me. I do the same exact thing. I intend to follow him. I intend to do what he wants me to do. And yet, I keep failing to do it. I keep blowing it it's an amazing thing that god has allowed us to see real people the heroes of the scriptures they're real we can identify with them he puts real people in the scriptures and actually one of the leaders of the whole christian movement peter he shows in the bible rather than glossing over all of his warts and problems he shows to us his greatest failure when he denied his Lord, it's interesting. Look at his testimony after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And in Acts 2, 22 through 24, it says, "Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man has handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge." And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He is making this statement in a public place in Jerusalem, the same place where Jesus was crucified, where a few days earlier Peter had denied him. What happened? He was cowering in fear. He denied Christ out of concerns for his own life, and now in the same place he is making this statement in public This Jesus Christ is the one you killed, but now he is risen. Well what happened is he met with Jesus Christ after he had been raised from the dead. First first Corinthians fifteen five says that the risen Lord appeared to 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 Peter and then we see a conversation in John 21. You can write this down. I'm not going to look at it on the screen or anything. But John 21:15 through 19 is a conversation that Jesus had with Peter. He had already met with him once privately, and I would imagine they talked about this event, the denial. But in this conversation, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me, Peter? And he says, well, yes, Lord, I do. And, and Jesus says, in a sense, feed my lambs. Then take care of my people. Then do what I've made you to do. And he asked him three times, which can, is, is, is the parallel to the three times that Peter denied him. And he's making a point. Peter, you, in, in your failure, in your denial, even though you've blown it, you are not useless to me. You're worth, you're, you're worthwhile. You have value. And now I want you to go ahead and do what I've made you to do. I want you to fulfill your purpose. Later on, Peter was arrested in Acts 4. You could read about that. He was warned not to speak about Jesus anymore, and he refused. He continued to share Christ with the people around him. He was convinced of the resurrection, and his life's purpose was to continue the movement that Jesus has started here on the earth. It's an amazing thing. That God had done in his life. It's the same thing that he wants to do in our lives. We can see this in Peter's confidence in 1 Peter 5, 10 through 11. This is a letter that Peter wrote to uh, a church to encourage them. And it's interesting because Peter in this letter is doing what Jesus told him to do. Look at these words. And the God of all grace who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore, he will restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. As I read that, what's in my mind is that comment that Jesus made to him in Luke 22. Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. He had experienced the failure, the giving in to temptation, the giving in to sin, and then how he turned around and God used that to strengthen the people around him. Peter was doing what Jesus told him to do. He was trying to strengthen the people he was responsible for based on what God had done in his own life. In verse 8 and 9, of 1 Peter 5. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You see, he's describing the, the temptation, the attack, the, the, the battles that we're going to have raging in us. We want to do what's right. We want to show kindness to our family. We want to say words that are going to bless them. We, we want to go to work and be effective and work hard. We want, to, we want to take care of things in a way that brings honor to God. But boy, there's this battle that goes on inside of us. We have an enemy that is trying to keep us from doing what God wants us to do, and we're battling. And then Peter describes what God does. When you battle... Even when you fail, after you've suffered a while, he will restore you. The the struggle with temptation gives way to restoration and strength because God himself is the one who strengthens you if you will turn to him. So much of the time we're trying to justify ourselves and we're trying to, to make it okay, excuse ourselves. Well, anybody would have said the same thing. Anybody would have done it. But if we'll just turn to God. He will bring forgiveness and freedom. He will give us the power we need to overcome our failure and our struggles. Peter's testimony gives us a couple of things. First of all, a compelling reason to believe. Can I believe it? Yes. One one of the reasons that we have to believe the resurrection and the power that's available there is the transformation of Peter and the other disciples, except for Judas. And uh I think John hung with him the whole time. He didn't scatter, but but most of the disciples scattered at the crucifixion, and then they stood to testify of him after the, the resurrection. The resurrection is the event on which the, the Christian faith stands or falls. And you weigh the evidence for the resurrection more like a trial, like you weigh evidence at a trial than you do... uh Putting it to a scientific test. I was on, I was on uh, a jury in a murder trial several years ago, and I was the foreman. And we had one witness, one eyewitness to the murder, and we poured over his testimony, trying to decide one way or the other. We looked at it from every angle. We dug in. We searched it out, and we we considered this testimony. When you look at history, when you're trying to decide whether or not a historical event is true, eyewitness testimony is the most powerful thing that you can have to speak to the validity of the historical event. So the eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the disciples and those others who've seen it, are a tremendous piece of evidence for the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Peter 1.16. It says, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We've seen it with our own eyes. If you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, or if you're investigating whether or not you want to commit your life to follow Christ, I'd encourage you, there's some books Josh mentioned, there's some books on the table out there. As you go out, you can look those over. Uh, you can either purchase them. If you don't have the money with you, just go ahead and take one. That's okay. Uh, there's the case for Easter that you can take and dig in. But the testimony of Peter and the other disciples gives compelling evidence and reasons to believe in the faith. But he, here's what it means for you and I here and now, right, right in the here and now. His example is an encouragement to relate to God. It gives real encouragement. He says in 2 Peter 1.3, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. It's His power that's realized in the resurrection that gives us everything we need for life. And here's how. I have been through that experience Peter had over and over and over again. This week, I went through it again. I said some things I didn't intend to say. I didn't want to say. I got frustrated. I didn't feel appreciated. And I let someone close to me have it in a way. I let them know how I felt about the way they were treating me. And I, I I felt exactly the way Peter felt. I think maybe not to the extent, but when he denied Christ, I was low. I, I disappointed God. I disappointed myself. I disappointed the people around me. And I realized I need help. I mean, I could I could excuse it. I could excuse what I did. Yeah, sure. You know, most people would have done the same thing, or a lot of people would have. And, You know, maybe they would have said something a lot sooner or whatever. I could have excused it once I realized it. I could have justified it. But, you know, really, that doesn't work. There's something in me that knows I can't justify things on my own. I need someone to help me. I need power beyond myself. And so I repented. God I'm turning back to you. And he restored me by the grace of God. And I found that going through this over and over again, I realize where I've blown it. I recognize my sin. I repent, and he restores me. We need his help. We need his strength. We need his grace. Because it's out of his grace that he gives us the power to keep going. He gives me the resolve I need. To keep going. So I've experienced over and over again that that sifting that the enemy does that God allows the sifting, the mistakes, the sin, the failure, the, the the giving in to temptation, and then the restoration that comes after I've suffered for blowing it. It's not our effort, but it's God's grace that gives the power to overcome sin. Temptation, failure, guilt. We cannot wipe our own slate clean. We need him to give us the freedom that only he can give. The resurrection proves that that power is available. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, that's what it takes. Realizing your sin, repenting of it, which means turning around. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Peter, once you've turned again, once you've turned back, you've turned around from going your own way and denying me, then I want you to use this experience to strengthen your brothers. It's the grace of God that spills over into others that God wants to use as we encourage and love and support the people around us. As we deal with our guilt before God, that forgiveness allows us to love the people around us in a different way. But if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, that's what it takes. Turning around from going your own way, trying to justify yourself, deal with your guilt, your own self. So either we try to excuse it or make up for it. And there's something inside where we know I can't really excuse it. And I can't I, I just don't know how how much is enough to make up for it. So what God's done is He's decided to pay the price himself in, in the person of the Lord Jesus, and he's shown us his power in the resurrection that is available to us to stop going our own way, turn around, and allow him to bring forgiveness into our life that spills over into the lives of others. If you're walking with the Lord already, maybe there's some things that have been going on in, in your life, and in, in your week. You realize you've let people down. You've let God down. You've blown it. You've sinned. You've failed. Take it to God and allow Him to restore you. Don't try to do that yourself. The God of all grace will Himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. We find in Him all the strength we need and the power to overcome as we face the the failings and the guilt and the temptation that are found in life. The strength to move on is found in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to him in prayer. Would the band come up as I pray? Our Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word, really, that sets us free. God, the power that's available to us in the resurrection, that wipes the slate clean, you set us free from guilt. And you even use our failure to temper our strengths, to couple that with our strengths, to be a real blessing to the people around us, Father. Help us to understand how you work and not try to overcome things in pride or in our own power, but help us learn to rely on you and your strength and your power that you provide. So freely. God help us to do this I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.